Hello again, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast, Retro Life for You. My name is Chris, host of your show. And the crumpling noises you hear on the other end is none other than Mr. Travis Rollins himself. Hey, hey, hey. I'm over here, daggum, getting some ketchup packets out of my Burger King bag, boy. You know, you're really showing all this, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, uh, uh, dedication. That he takes his, lunch, takes his lunch break to film or record a, a podcast for everybody, right? I mean, that's dedication. Yes, sir. That's how I say I think it's dedication. Now, yeah, we're going to judge how many burgers you're eating by how many wrappers we hear crumpled up. So watch yourself. You I'm just going to do this one. You don't give I'm going to do this one right here. I, I got to be honest. I already ate one, though. But they're Whopper Juniors. So, yeah. Well, you got that two for five. See, I, I, that's fully acceptable to Whopper Juniors because you put two together, you get a Whopper. Yeah, and remember, it wasn't that long ago where you could get two Whoppers for five dollars, and now it's a Whopper Junior for two for five. Keeps getting smaller, but the price is higher. Yeah, you know, it used to be if we increased wages, then the cost would go up. But it seemed like the cost just keeps on going up and going up and going up, and we ain't increasing no wages. Not to match the cost, no. It's like, yeah, that's not a good. It's not a good argument anymore. Uh, that'll be another uh, podcast altogether, right there, wouldn't it? Yeah. Mm. We got to get on. Uh, speaking of which, another podcast altogether. Before we get started on this one today, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody about this Gentry deal? Oh heck yeah! The the urban Gentry the 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 uh, our. Not the Urban Gentry. I'm sorry. Excuse me. The Urban Gentry is where I got the name from. I love this. Now, the Urban Gentry is it's a channel on YouTube, and it's all about watches. We are the street gentry. Uh, the uh, It's like the working man's chop shop. It's, it's the, or the every man's chop shop. So what it is is Ray Franklin and I are doing a little podcast on the side of a little a little sporadically you would say at the moment but at the same time you know we're doing it for the working man and it's just we talk about just a little bit of anything and everything um the gentry is the class of people it's, it's, it's from old england and it's the class of people directly under nobility you see what i'm saying so like the nobles of the land it's not exactly the guys that's in the dirt because, you know, we got the means to be able to do a podcast, so we ain't that low. <laughs> so it's, a, it's the working. So the gentry is basically like the, the working class, the middle class. And, you know, that's that's kind of what we just geared toward. We do men's health. We do like the craziness going on. Well, we talked about doing the stuff that's going on with Vince McMahon on the next podcast. Um, do stuff about men's health. We do stuff about uh, uh, are we going to do stuff about like, you know, Maybe even a little bit of fashion here and there. Like, like I like bespoke things like belts, wallets, you know, things like that. Watches, uh, racing. Like, it don't matter. We just talk about whatever. We kind of just choose a topic, and then wherever the conversation leads us is where it goes. We're having fun with it. You know, when you do the fashion one, I'll have to come on there, and I'll wear my T-shirt that says, I'm too sexy for my hair. That's why it isn't there. And it can be like. Oh, I love it. It's like I'll be walking the runway for you. Right, said Fred. I mean, yeah, hey. Anyway, uh, yeah, uh, so hey, uh, uh, an episode for your Gentry podcast would be the way things keep going up, but the money don't, if you haven't done it already. 100%. We actually talked about that um, 
we spoke to the list of places you ain't supposed to take people on a first date. And like, it just blew our minds that the cheesecake factory is what caused all that stuff. You know, back the end of last year, it's like, look, the cheesecake factory, ain't, it ain't like the waffle house. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, you can't go to the waffle house for less than 40 bucks now. I, you know, I haven't been to the waffle house in a while, so I can't really say I'm afraid to go. I love the awful waffle. But anywho, we got to say another fun episode this week. This is a, another movie, just like the last time we did when we did the arena. This is a uh -huh. more lesser known movie. A lot of yep. people I've asked about it just do not remember it. Uh, they said, you know, they actually confused it with another movie by the same name or a similar name. Yeah. The movie, the movie is called Enemy Territory. Now, I believe there's a movie with Owen Wilson in it that's the same name or very similar. Really? Yeah, it might be the same. He gets dropped behind. He, like he, his plane crashes behind enemy lines. What was, it uh -huh. what was it called behind enemy lines? No, no, that is a movie. That might be the actual movie. I don't know. But somebody told me they thought they'd heard of it. It was, it was like it was something different. I said, no, and I showed them. I said, no, that's not it at all. This movie is a B movie. went straight to video for the most part. It's a very limited theater release. Very limited to the point to where they don't even report how long it stayed out and what it made. So I'm assuming it didn't do good wow. at all. Or just didn't um, just have a long enough release for people to see it's out there. Because I don't think they were really pumping a lot of money into previews or anything. like Because I never saw one movie preview for this at all on television. I, I never knew it existed when you brought it up to me. I, I had no idea about it. And what was it, 1987? I want to say it's 87. I can tell you for sure. I got it in front of me here. Uh, yes. Yeah, 1987. Okay. Now, the thing this movie has in common with last week also, or last episode, is the director. Correct. Yeah, that's why we chose to go ahead and follow up with it. Yeah, the director's name is Peter Mnugin. 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 Yeah. This movie stars Gary Frank, Ray Parker Jr., Jan Michael Vincent, and we got Stacey Dash in there, too, as a pretty much a co-star, too, I would say. She's in most of it. Yeah. Yeah, and I started to message you and tell you, like, man, you didn't tell me my girl was in here. Stacy's gotten a little crazy. Stacy's got a little crazy in her older middle age, but at the same time, she was still a looker, boy. And I didn't realize she was that a that old. I thought, you know what I mean? Like, I thought she was a little older than that. I, you know, I don't know, but I wanted to make sure you saw it as a surprise for you. I didn't want to tell you she was in there until you started watching it. Oh, you so good to me. Uh, you know, I try. <laughs> I try, man. I try. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and jump right into the people in the movie. Uh, Gary Frank is the main character. His name is Barry. He's an insurance salesman. Did you? I want to interrupt you real quick. At the very beginning of it, uh -huh. did he not remind you of somebody? Like, Because, all right, I'd say, well, we didn't put this out there either. The, we didn't look super deep, but most of the streaming services don't have this movie, so it's on YouTube for free, though. Right. Which is also pretty cool. But when the movie first got crunk up there right at the beginning when he was looking down at his desk he very much reminded me reminded me of another uh movie star he reminded me remember. Of, he reminded me of two different people when i was watching it at different at two different times at one mm -hmm. point he reminded me of the guy that played the greatest american hero but okay. it's not it's not him though that, that's william hurt i believe mm -hmm. um and also he reminded me of the guy that played um Shooter McGavin on Happy Gilmore, and when he was younger, and it's like he was he was in Breaking as the, as the lawyer in Breaking. 
Right. You got you got my pick because when he was looking down at the very beginning and he was looking down at the desk, I was like, man, is that daggone? Yeah, it, that's who it reminded me of. Yeah, I can't think of his name off the top of my head right now, but uh, that, that's one of the two people he kind of reminded me of, though. So the movie, like I said, it's it's basically short and simple like this. An insurance salesman inadvertently gets trapped after dark in an apartment building that's terrorized by a street gang called the Vampires. So if you get in there after dark and you don't live there and you're not in your building while they're roaming the halls and everything, you you might get killed. You might get jumped. You know, basically. Yeah, it's pretty much pretty much a straightforward, simple plot, and it was wild to. It was wild to me too because it it really um it kind of had the vibe of like a seventies black exploitation film. Almost, you know what I mean? Like that's kind of what it it reminded me of that just a little bit. Yeah, I can see it almost like that for sure. Um, the um, so the the guy uh, he's played by Gary Frank, I believe his name is. I'm going down there now. Yeah, Gary Frank is the guy that plays the insurance salesman Barry. He's given, mm-hmm. he's basically handed a very hefty commission by his boss. All he has to do is go and turn it in, get pick up the money and the signed document, and he's good. And he's he takes it because he's been on a, a streak of no sales for a while. And he's he's been on a losing bad. streak. They took his territory away from him and gave him some crap territory, he said. Right. But then the guy in his new position that took his old territory had done up the sales by 30%. Right. So he was hurting. He needed the money. So he takes it and he goes mm-hmm. with it. He goes in there and he's trying to find. Well, before he goes in, though, he's approached by two kids out there that tell them they're the protection group for the vehicles out there parked on the street. And yeah, that was in his face. You don't want to come back and find your paint scratched or your windows busted or your, yeah. or your radio missing. Yeah. <laughs> so he ends up giving them like what, five bucks a piece, 10 bucks a piece, something like that. Yeah. And then they go, as he's walking out, they're like, all right, you get his radio, I'll get the, I'll get the wheels. Yeah. So you know they're gonna tear his car up. Um uh, he gets in the building, he's trying to find the name of the lady he's going to see, and he can't find her because everybody has spray painted all over the mailboxes. So he's trying right. to ask this young kid talking to a girl if he knows where the lady lives. Well, he's ignoring him and not answering him. He thinks maybe he didn't hear me, so he reaches out and taps him on the shoulder, and the guy jerks his shoulder around, and tells him, you know, you don't you don't touch a vampire, what's wrong with you or something. And yeah. uh, threatens him, and they tell him basically he's going to kill him. He goes to pull his knife out like he's going to kill him. Well, I, I'm, I'm trying to remember what caused it to not happen at that point. I want to say uh, the security guard stepped out the door. That's the right. old man that played the security guard come out and stopped yeah. him because he's like, "Look, man, I'm tired of you." <laughs> he go, he called him up. Oh man, come on, what's Scarface's name? Uh, Shoot. You know, anyway, Tony Montana. He uh, said, "He said I'm tired of all you Tony Montana wannabes around here." Yeah. <laughs> and then that boy pulled out the blade on him. Yeah. Then the then the old guy brings him out and he escorts him up to the lady's apartment. He tells him, "Make it quick. Put some pep in your step. You don't want to get caught in here after dark." Now, come on. Well, as it yeah. Turns he says somebody really a- didn't like you to send you down here. Yeah. <laughs> it takes him a little extra while to get there uh, and, and get out. It just doesn't go quite as planned. And sure enough. As they get to the elevator to go down, it opens up, and there they are right there. There's the kid. There's Tony Todd, who plays the Count, which is the leader of yep. the vampires. That's your boy right there. You like Tony? Yeah, Tony that's Todd, my right? boy right there. It was cool to see him younger in, in a role. Um, I guess that wasn't that far behind Candyman, but it just it seemed he was much much uh, less experienced in his acting capabilities or, or experience, you know? 
Now, who was the guy in there with him? Was it the kid and then Psycho, or was the kid and somebody else? Yeah, it's a kid, Psycho, and then another one. There was four of them in the elevator all together. There's three, three of the grown-up gang members, and then the kid. Okay. And then the, the security guard was escorting him to the to the elevator. Well, then uh, he trying to apologize and everything, and the count was like, "Nah, you got." He's like, "You might make it out alive." He's like, "But you gotta, you gotta bleed." He said, like, "You gotta pay for blood." So then the the security guard drew his weapon and was telling him he wasn't going he wasn't having no more of it. And then uh, I think it was Tony Todd that went ahead and lunged on out of the elevator to cut him, and and he popped around off and doggone if it didn't hit the kid right in the left eye. Yep, killed the kid. And then uh, the old man got shot by one of the others too, I believe, as the, as the elevator's going back down. So yeah, wow. yeah, he got. Yep. As so a, when, yeah, because they, they jumped back in and the door started closing. Right. So when that happens, you get uh, the next uh, co-star from the movie pop out the door at the end of the hallway who's there visiting his girlfriend and working on her, her phone line. It was uh, Mr. Mm -hmm. Ray Parker Jr. Yeah. So if that name sounds familiar to you all, it's because this man ain't afraid of no ghosts. Not at all. And boy, did so he look different. He did look a little different, didn't he? He did. So he was uh, supposed to be a retired military army. I don't remember what what unit he was or anything. Yeah, he was a he was a Vietnam vet. So he he's trying to help him get out of the building. He sees someone needing help. He's trying to help him out to get him out of the building if he can. They go back to the old lady's house, and uh, you know she knows that they're going to be coming looking for him. They got to get out of there. So the only way out is going down the building, right? Which is crazy. So I, I don't I don't want to give too much away or anything. I want people to watch it yeah. and enjoy it. Um, yeah. What, what oh, actually, I, I don't think he was the Vietnam vet. I, I believe, uh, I believe Jim Michael Vincent was the non vet, wasn't he? Both of them were vets. Oh, okay. well, yeah, both of them were vets, but I think Vincent was in Nam. Well, anyway, them, well, uh, if I remember correctly, both of them was because Ray Parker Jr. Okay. said he was, he was in Nam as well. So, yeah, I thought so. Um, it was crazy to me to see him like quasi action starish, you know what I mean? Like he had the, he had the look and the, Kind of his his uh, role in it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I tell you what, the other thing that was funny to me too is I don't remember if it was before or after that they had got into J. Michael Vincent's apartment, but it just made me laugh. He said, "Man, he said I don't care if they black, white, or chocolate swirl or fudge swirl. <laughs> <laughs> if somebody doing wrong, I'm gonna protect them." He didn't help. The man needs help. Uh, he said fudge swirl. I about fell well, out. The uh, and the reason why they end up down there is because Stacy Dash's character, she's the granddaughter of the old lady that was he was there to see, and she's yep. the only thing she could think of was to get them down there, what well, uh, to his apartment. Now they had to go to another apartment to find her. She's visiting somebody else. Yeah, because they uh, ran back to the old lady's apartment. Right. So they they get out of there and get away from where the vampires can find them, basically, and they go down to the other apartment where the girl is. She's going to help them out. She's getting him to Jan Michael Vincent, his apartment. He plays the role of a Vietnam vet named Parker, who has got his house basically turned into a bunker. Mm -hmm. I mean, a straight-up bunker. It's bulletproof inside. It looks like he's got the little flap on the door. He stick his gun through all this right. stuff. He's got all kinds of weaponry. He's in a wheelchair. His wheelchair and when shoots, you go inside, there's, there's off the side of it, for crying out loud. Yeah. <laughs> What's funny, too, to me, what was funny to me, too, was like when you went inside his apartment, it was like, cleaned out metal on the walls and some lights yeah it's like, it's like there wasn't nothing in there yeah, this dude just sits around under red lights all the time right like where's your tv at dude how you entertain yourself yeah. you gosh oh 
the movie was fun. I mean, it, it's it's excitement from the beginning to end, basically about the two trying to make it from way up toward the top and to get out mm-hmm. at the bottom and make it out. Now the vampires had the place closed down. They got people in the front door, people on the back door, right? They can't get out. They got people going up and down the elevators. They're going down each floor, checking each apartment, looking for the people. And they keep right. managing to miss them or they get away from them, you know, whatever the case may be. They just haven't quite picked up on them and got them yet or anything. Um, there's a couple of cameos in this movie uh, that you may or may not have picked up on. I'm sure you picked up on at least one of them for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end, toward the end of it, there's two guys outside near the back. And they're watching for yeah. them to, 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 to go away. And one of the tricks was the little boy would throw money out the window. Now, these are the two people I'm talking about. The little boy throwing the money out. And the guy, one of the guys at the bottom down there on, on the ground watching all the money fall. The that kid, was the one. That was the two that they was watching through the window. That was mad about being out there. Yes. Do you now one okay, of the two? Yeah. One of the two for sure. I know is a former star, and the kid that was up there uh, tossing the money out. Him and that one guy got one thing in common. They okay. were both on Bill Cosby shows. One was on the Cosby Show. One was on a Different World. Oh, really? And see, it was. I couldn't make out. I didn't catch it. So the guy at the bottom on the floor on the ground down there had a beret on that was getting the money was Kadeem Hardison. Okay. So uh, Dwayne Wayne, I think his name was. Yeah. And in, in, in the show Different World. And the kid yep. was Rudy's friend Kenny, otherwise known as Bud. Really? Yes. I didn't realize the kid was Bud. That's Bud, Dion Richmond. That's cool. It don't surprise me to see Kadeem Hardison. I've seen Kadeem Hardison in a quite in a few like bit roles in movies, yeah. but honestly, the the quality of the stream that I picked on uh, YouTube, I really I wouldn't have noticed. I don't reckon it's you got basically the original quality is what you got. I mean, that's straight off. Yeah. VHS, that's straight off a VHS tape right there. Yeah, for sure. One that I been mean, watched a thousand times. <laughs> probably so. Truth be known, probably the movie. Uh, if if I'm not going to ask you, of course, when the first time you saw it was, I got to do something because just, just the other day when you first saw it, you never heard of it. Before, yes. But what would you pick out as one of your favorite parts of the movie? I would have to say it would be either the part where they got into Jan Michael Vincent's uh, apartment because I just thought that was so funny, um, not comically so, but just like here's this one white boy living in the middle of this project in the middle of Chicago or wherever they was at, you know, and got his apartment turned into a bunker, or I would pick the, the last scene at the end on the, where they was at the swing set or whatever. Yeah. I, I was actually going to go with the, toward the end myself. Uh, the part about the apartment's cool. Um, everything else is just build up to me. There was nothing, yeah. that, there was nothing that stood out spectacular about it. It was just constant build up, constant build up. You're waiting, you can't, you're wanting to see what's going to happen next, how they're going to get down and away from these people, what they plan on doing, and their way out. So we won't give out, give away their way out, they find, but there is a way that they do find that they could get out from, um, another mm-hmm. that the vampires may not realize, um, they're hoping anyway. And, um, you know, the girl, Stacey Dash, that she manages to get out to go for the cops. And uh, right. so they're, they're hoping she either gets back with the cops or they can go ahead and get out via plan B, worst case scenario, which is where the little kid is tossing the money out the window, distracting right. people. So, uh, but I, 
I like the part there right towards the end. Um, I'm not going to say what has happened beforehand, but the entire gang thinks they're going to start charging the two guys who have made it outside. They practically won. They made it out of the building. Okay. Yeah. It should, it should be, you leave them alone at that point because they escaped. They're not there. They're mm-hmm. still on the property, I guess, you know, but they did escape the building like they, they're from inside. Well, that's but, not the, that's not, that's not the, that's not the count said though. Like he said that in the, uh, before the little boy got shot there in the beginning of the movie though, he said, you know, you can't, we can't let you just get away because that's going to make us look soft to the rest of the, the, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're it, it's kind of like, uh, kind of like their gang was just to that one project. So like the next project over would have been another gang, or, and then the next project would have been another. Instead of having like whole blocks of territory, they were just confined to that one building. And he was making it out like, so if we let you go unscathed, then it's going to be an insult to us, and like the the rival our rival gangs will will know we weak. So that might have been that was probably half the reason they followed him. That and uh, when Jan Michael Vincent just started spraying the hallway, took a couple more out. <laughs> yeah, now that, there was four buildings on the block. If you remember, the cop tells the yeah. he said you got the vampires that run this one, you got the Latinos that run the one in the corner over there. He said you got yeah. the, Asian, the Asian guys that are over there, and you got the good old boy white boys on the one over there. So yeah. he says each one's run by a certain gang. And you know they steer. I guess they steer clear of each other, but they rule their own buildings, basically. Yeah. So yeah, they're they're, they're trying to go after them, but all of a sudden the old lady who was uh, up in Jan Michael Vincent's apartment, she starts shooting one of his machine guns out the window down there at him and <laughs> stopping them from advancing on them while they're getting away. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm, and then of course I, I I won't go after that. I don't want to ruin the actual ending of it or anything either. So. Uh, but good movie. It is a good movie to watch, especially if you like if you like things like so like the older stuff. That's why I told Chris it sounded like, and after watching the trailer, it looked like. But after watching the movie, it really felt like. Uh, and as far as the years when the movie came out, it kind of was in between too. But it felt it was kind of like a mashup between the Warriors and uh, Judgment Night. How would you like to time travel back to the 1980s? Well, now you can, thanks to this 80s-themed Airbnb located in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Your stay includes a massive 80s arcade museum, which is the largest private collection of Golden Age 80s arcade games on the East Coast. Your room is filled with vintage 80s collectibles, plus you'll have access to every game console ever made from the beginning to the CD platforms. There's a VHS library, an 80s stereo stocked with 80s vinyl, and the list goes on and on. It's an 80s paradise. For a direct link to the 80s-themed Airbnb, visit longlivethe80s.com. Your quest awaits. You know, some of these uh, fun facts on here, I'm going to read one right up to you, right at the top. It's going to blow your mind here. That's the way you just described it. And it says here, the movie falls under a certain genre called trapped movies, uh-huh. where, the, where the protagonist is caught in a life or death situation and must do what he or she must do to survive the night. Other films that follow this formula are Judgment Night, From Dust uh-huh. Till Dawn, and yep. The Warriors. <laughs> Ain't that something? <laughs> two, two out of the three. You know, two out of the Heck three. Heck yeah. 
This was like Stacy Dash's mm-hmm. film debut as well. Okay. Uh, yeah, the acting, you know, you could tell everybody was younger, maybe except for Jan Michael Vincent. You could tell everybody was like earlier in their careers, I guess. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you're not going to watch this. This ain't going to be a top 10 all-time movie or, you know what I mean, nothing like that. Mm-hmm. But it, it is an enjoyable watch. And there's just quite honestly, there's not a lot of movies, I think, that are like this, that are that are done fairly well like this. And the fact that we were interested in, in it from being from the uh, same director that did the arena. So, you know, it's definitely, it's definitely totally worth the watch, but yeah, you could really see that they were earlier in their careers. Yeah. And, and it's just to follow up in a second, what you said, great one time watch for sure. You might find that you might go back and watch it, you know, six months later, one more time or something just to get the feel for it again, but you're mm-hmm. not going to put, you're not going to put it on day after day or every week or once a month or anything like that. It's a, that's not. It's just not one of those movies at all. Yeah, it's so, a good um, nostalgic feel though. Like if you just sit down and you know, what I mean, you want like us. You've seen so many movies from the eighties and nineties or whatever, and you just want a, something fun to go back and watch to give you that old school feel. Mm-hmm. This is definitely worth checking out for that, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ray Parker Jr. According to him, yeah, he had a good time while filming. When asked about what was it like working with Jan Michael Vincent, um, he said he was a little crazy. Uh, he hit me with the wheelchair. Uh, <laughs> like most of Vincent's work on films and TV shows at the time, he would regularly drink on set. So, Right. I guess, guess maybe. Kind of sad much. that he drank himself to death because I know all of us, all of us 80s babies, boy, we was in love with him and Werewolf, man. Werewolf, uh, airwolf. Uh, airwolf. Did I say werewolf? Yeah. I said you, you I meant airwolf. You said werewolf. Yes. I talk good sometimes. <laughs> so, 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 so he flew the werewolf hair, uh, helicopter. I guess it was probably pilot or co-piloted by Michael Duda. I mean, uh, Michael Dukakis. Yeah, Michael right? Dukakis. No, Michael no, no, Dukakis. Uh, Dukakis. Yeah. Get the, get the name wrong. Like you co-piloted by so 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 Sparrow. I. And Michael Dukakis flew werewolf. There you go. There you go. Okay. Crow eye. Let's call him crow eye. Crow eye. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of, um, of, of, of tidbits of info in this movie. Uh, surprisingly, not really surprisingly. Uh, it was filmed on the lower East side of Manhattan. It says in New York city. So this kind of stayed true. Yeah. Area. What they did. And also, yeah, and I'm gonna tell you that I mean, it, look, I mean, they definitely filmed it in a real place too, because this, like, I can remember just, I mean, even around a little old town like Greenville, some of the hood looked just like that, all the all the spray paint and stuff. Yeah, like what we call graffiti. Like when I say graffiti, I think of artistic stuff, but just tagging stuff up, man. It's like everything was spray painted. The uh, there's a, a big goof of the movie I'm looking at right here, and Ray Parker Jr. Plays the character Will Jackson. Says Will Jackson acquired a pair of black shoes early on in the movie from Tony Briggs, which is uh, Stacy Dash's character, right? Mm-hmm. A scene shortly afterwards when he enters Chet's home as a little boy, he's clearly wearing white trainers. Yet scenes afterwards shows him back wearing the black shoes again. Right. Whoopsie. That's a trip. Whoopsie. A boom mic at one point is visible when the security guard escorts Barry to the elevator. 
Did you catch that? I didn't catch that. I did not catch that. I'm going to go back and watch that scene now. Yeah, it makes me wonder if how, you know, how we missed it if it, was, if it was visible. I guess we weren't really looking for it, but still, I mean, something like that would kind of stand out, be hanging from the top, right? You would think. It might have been a little one. Maybe it's like Jack Chipper's nutsack. sack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> it just made it past everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we can't take you nowhere. I know, <laughs> man. Uh, so Tony Todd, we got a couple of minutes here to spare for a second. Let's talk about Tony Todd for a moment. Being one of his early That's movies, my guy. Uh, he he's probably the biggest person in this whole movie as far as a career goes. Because I mean, while Stacy Dash did a couple of big things down the road in her her career, the main star, the the guy who was the insurance salesman, they were focusing on. I don't think you really know him from hardly anything else. He did some TV stuff. He was one of those yeah, many TV show actors, and that was it. And maybe a spot on one of those, like Deep Space Nines or Babylon Five. Yeah. Like so, that. like, aside from aside from uh, yeah, aside from those three, you know, I mean, like Tony Todd, and then Jan Michael Vincent, and then Ray Parker Jr. Like those are the, well, of course, Kadeem Hardison, but I missed him. But uh, yeah, those I would say those are the three names that I even know. I don't even yeah. know anybody else from anything else. I mean, could he, even if you compare Kadeem Hardison's career to Tony Todd, I think Tony Todd still had a bigger I, career. Yeah, it's not. I don't think any of them come close to touching Tony. Yeah. I mean. Because Tony's yeah. been in so much. I mean, especially he was almost like um he did. He did more than Robert England, but it was almost like a Robert England thing where, you know, if you got it because Robert tried so hard to break away from Freddie and do other things, you know, they had take other little roles in some horror movies, but mm-hmm. kind of like. Tony, like, if you want a scary dude, get Tony. Tony Todd is scary. I don't know why. Maybe it's just me, and maybe it's because when I was a kid, Candyman was the first movie that really, I mean, terrified me. And, and dude, it's, he just, I don't know. He's got something about him. He can do creepy for sure. Oh, absolutely. Candyman, I mean, not only, let's take a movie that's not a horror movie. Uh, mm-hmm. The Rock. The Rock. With Sean Connery yeah. and uh, and uh, um, Nicholas Cage, yeah. Uh, Tony Todd was one of the mercenaries on it. He was yeah. He is a mercenary, dude. I know. Like you really believe that dude will hurt you? <laughs> is, is he the one? No, no. Is he the one that said I would take pleasure in gutting you, boy? Or was that the one with him? I don't remember. It's been a while <laughs> since I seen since I seen The Rock. And with Tony, I think with Tony, I I, I focus on. The, the horror movies that he's been in like he was man i can't remember the name of it but they were going to uh consult with i even i forgot what the movie's even about but i remember there was a group of people that were going to consult with this guy he was a witch doctor or whatever or a mortician or something and uh they were going to consult with him about a book or or something and he was telling them about it and i mean just five minutes on screen and he changed the whole vibe of the movie. <laughs> Can you think of any movie he was in that he seemed like a pretty good guy or a, like a likable person at least? No. I mean, if, if you're thinking about it off the top of your head, I mean. No. If I'm thinking about it off the top of my head, no, I mean, I'm even thinking kind of a little hard about it and I don't even remember seeing him in like any, I'm sure he's had a couple, but I hadn't, can't recall seeing him in any drama roles or anything. Which is, is crazy movie? too, because he's such a nice guy. I've watched interviews with him and and listened to him on podcasts, and 
he's he's an awesome dude. Like he's such a nice guy. Is that movie you're talking about about the the book or something? Is that an older '80s movie as well, or is it uh, later on? It was post Candyman. Um, it may be late '90s, early 2000s. Well, let's see when did Candyman come out then? Uh, ninety two, ninety one, ninety two. Because I wasn't but about twelve, thirteen years, about ten, eleven, twelve years old when it when I saw it. Okay. I think we had just moved back from Aiken, so I think I was probably about. I think ninety two was when Candyman came out. Ninety one or ninety two. Yeah, ninety two. You're right. Yeah, I thought so. <clears throat> so after that, after ninety, after after Candyman, he did Excessive Force. Um, mm-hmm. Gosh, he was he was in the Crow. Um, did some TV series like Law and Order, Next Files, uh, Homicide, mm-hmm. Life on the Street, uh, uh, Candyman, Farewell to the Flesh came out in ninety five. Yep. Um, gosh, movies called there's three different movies called Black Fox or TV movies. Okay. Um, Sabotage. What are the, like you see another horror movie. A horror movie. If I'm thinking of a horror movie, there's something called Stir, but I don't know what that is. There's Wishmaster. Yeah, Wishmaster. Okay, I remember even Wishmaster. I think I remember him in Stir too. I think Stir had something to do with a hotel as well. Uh, Final or Destination. I do remember him in fact that might be the movie I'm trying to think of it, it was because they were trying to learn they were trying to figure out how to outrun death or how to break the cycle or something yeah it totally was final destination that's it that's it and he was the creepiest thing about the whole daggum movie like he changed the whole vibe when he walked in it was already like oh my god but when they walked into him it was like oh this is a real horror movie now that's the one <laughs> that's the one right there that's a good movie. He's had, like I said, he's had a great career. I, I wish I could say the same about the rest of them. The rest of them were just your everyday, like last week's or like last episode. A lot of people did steady television work with TV episodes or TV movies, maybe some yeah, voiceover games. It, it, yeah. It's just a, a lot more of that. And those are just the people that have been successful in the business for a lot of years, but they never really hit it big on a movie or two. Uh, and then Ray Parker yeah. Jr. Back to him again. I mean, I mean, let's face it. We only know him because for the song Ghostbusters, we yeah. don't really know him for his acting chops or anything. Right. I had someone ask me one day. The uh, we were I was putting stuff up on the Instagram page for eighty stuff, and I was putting a picture of Ray Parker Jr. up there, and I was put about don't be afraid of no. He's not afraid of no ghosts or something. And uh-huh. somebody asked somebody asked me was watching me do it. They said, "Are you sure that Billy D. Williams ain't afraid of no ghosts?" Oh my God, that's hilarious! I looked at them. <laughs> I just gave them this look, like, "Are you serious, right now?" Are you sure Billy D. Williams ain't afraid of no ghosts? <laughs> you just funny. call Ray Parker Jr. Billy D. Williams. That's classic. You don't know Lando Calrissian from the Man Who Ain't Afraid of No Ghosts, right? And you know what, though, he he might be afraid of ghosts, but you know what he ain't afraid of? What's that? No Colt Colt Forty Five. <laughs> <laughs> That's Billy D. Williams, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, we're going to go ahead and get close to wrapping this thing up. We got Travis on lunch, and this was not exactly a long movie to detail and talk about. So, um, right. I don't wanna, and I we can reason, call this a shot at going 45 minutes. You know what I mean? We can uh, call this a shot at trimming the hey, fat off the show. 
This will be the closest to 45 minutes we said we want to do we've ever come. It's worth 37 minutes now. And when I get done trimming a little bit, we'll probably be at 35, truth be known. Uh, Heck yeah. Uh, so uh, one more time, the uh, the movie, I'm just, I'm just going to say my recommendation is go to YouTube, type in there, Enemy Territory 1987. If you want to see, what get a feel for what it's like. Go ahead and do that. If you want to watch it all, watch it all. Let me know what you think about it. Send me an email, retrolife yeah. number four, you at gmail.com. Or you can find me at the same name, retrolife for you at Instagram. And let me know what you thought about the movie. Did you like it? Was it worth the one time watch? Was it completely take an hour and a half of the time out of your life that you'll never get back? I may have. Right. You never, you never know. But uh, yeah. we are putting, well, we're going to start putting more of these movies out for you guys to. To 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 learn about and take a, go take a look at it if you want to. And there's actually pretty good movies. I'm not going to throw just anything at you. It's going to have to have some yeah. kind of excitement to it. It's going to have some kind of a big name in an early age. Something's going to tie it to something good that I'm going to recommend it to you. And right, right. Probably. So, no um, doubt. So if you will um, do that, just let me know what you think. Uh, you can find the podcast anywhere out there where you listen to your podcast at, whether it's on. I would say uh, Spotify, which is the main place I go to myself. But Spotify, iTunes, uh, we have a website, RetroLife, the number four, the letter U.com with a player on there. You can listen to it straight from there on the web. Uh, yep. Pretty much anywhere you get your podcast, I, I believe you're going to find us. So go ahead, uh, give us a follow, give us a like. Uh, if you go to iTunes, give us a little little short review there. It can be a couple of lines. Let us know what you think about the show. It helps get us up the rankings and gets us noticed. And it gets us recommended to other people based on the types of shows they like. Same thing with Spotify. Only it's a little bit easier on Spotify. Once you start listening to an episode, you're allowed to give us a star rating. It's anywhere from one to five. So, of course, you want to be a nice super person, put a five star on there for us. And then turn around and uh, recommend us to your friends. You know, you can share it, put it out there. Uh, say, hey, these two guys are goofy, but you know, they talk about some good movies. There you go. There you go. That's what it's all about. I know, I know. So, uh, if that's the case, Travis. Thanks for taking the time, man, to be here with us. I know you put put you in a tight spot here today, man, but we're glad you got yeah, to be here. Buddy. Heck and, yeah, uh, man! I do everything I can, boy. Thanks to everybody out there who listens to us, who shares us, who talks about us, who follows us on Instagram, Facebook, and everything. We really appreciate you guys. We've seen some great growth uh, in the last four months uh, per episode downloads and. Um, activity on Facebook and Instagram. So it's really appreciated. And I really like uh, keeping in touch with you guys. So keep sending things to us and listen to the show. And we will get back with you on the next episode. The next episode is our 100th episode. And I'm not entirely sure. Are we doing one next week, Travis? Uh, are you able to do? We got to, week? man. We got to. Um, and then we um, got a great pick for our 100th episode. I think we ought to go ahead and tell them what it is. Uh, go right. And you know what? I will let you put the truth out there to let them know. I can't do it. That's the one impression I always wanted to be able to do where we went. Please. <laughs> but we're going to do Who Framed Roger Rabbit. We've been doing this for nearly, what, a year and a half, two years, and we had never done Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So I'm super excited about that. And I feel like that's a great one to, to do our uh, 100th episode on. Because yeah, who don't love Who Framed Roger Rabbit? And if you haven't seen it, you got to go watch it. I've never seen it. It's going to be my first for me. No. No, I have not. I've not. It's Are you serious first, right now? Serious as a heart attack. I've never seen it. This could be a first time. What? Yep. Oh my God. I just got cold chills, man. 
Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. I can't believe that. It's going to be my first time watching it. Now, honestly, that's exciting then because that's like, that means that there may be a, quite a few other people out there our age that may be interested in the older flicks that haven't seen it. I'm sure there's plenty of people who probably haven't seen it that just wasn't into it and will maybe turn around and give it a shot like I'm about to. So, Heck yeah. So uh, you look forward to the next episode we do. The next episode will be our 100th episode. And like you said, who framed Roger Rabbit? So be there yeah. or be square. Uh, Travis, you got anything you want to leave us on with today? Have you, have you prepared anything for us? No, but I got I, I got one that, that goes along with it that I, I read in a book. Uh, shoot. Before I understood what what it really meant. But I got it. So. So, yeah, but uh, do you know what you get when you cross a vampire with an angry ghost? What? I don't know, but you should never cross an angry ghost. <laughs> I think you lost me somewhere on that one. So terrible. Oh yeah. So, so if you got if, if you cross someone, it means to make them angry. So you're going to make that, the ghost angrier. You know what? You should never cross an angry ghost. You know what? I, I, I think I got you one better this time. All right, let's do it. Normally, I just go ahead and leave right off your last word, but I, I couldn't leave the people. I couldn't leave these poor people hanging on that going, what world is he talking about? What in the I world? Yeah. You know what? Hey, this man says, I told my wife I can make a car out of spaghetti. And <laughs> yeah. she didn't believe him. She said, there's no way in the world you can make a car out of spaghetti. He said, well, I can and I will, and I'm going to do it. He said, imagine the look on her face when I drove pasta. 